prank Justin Tom in quarantine? Uh, yes. November 2016, America. <laughs> <laughs> November Justin. when Trump won. <laughs> Justin when he um, was obvious. <laughs> Justin crying in front of the Barnes and Noble the next day. <laughs> Justin uh at the Laker store. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking sucks. Let's start over. Somebody else do something. <laughs> no. 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 Aha! Engage! Hey Frank. Hey Frankie Bean. Uh Justin with cigarette yes. in his mouth. <laughs> um we watched Darmok. We watched an episode of Star Trek the Next Generation called Darmok. Uh it is season something. 5 Season, season five, I think. Yeah, season five, episode two. Uh, it is written by Joe Minoski and directed by Winrick Colby. And goddamn, is it a good episode of television? It is um, an amazing episode, <clears throat> and not the least uh, for the reason I believe this might be the first appearance of Picard's jacket. The jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely so. the first appearance of the jacket. And we we saw the full <coughs> use of this ensemble. I mean, we saw that the jacket is a separate, and that it, there's layers. Mm-hmm. If you get too warm, you can take it off and just wear the uh, the weirdly sheer under sweater with the heavy wool turtleneck section. <laughs> it's it's uh... <coughs> a big big problem I had with the Picard show is a they never brought back the jacket. He should have been wearing mm-hmm. the jacket because this jacket fucking rocks. Uh, that is and, not a jacket you let go. No, no. He he would have kept the jacket. Oh, yeah. Cool you know what my favorite fuck. part about that jacket is? No way to fasten it. <laughs> no. There's it's no zipper. Not, it's just meant to drape. Yeah. yeah because it's all about comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to tell you guys, I <clears throat> almost bought a replica of the jacket online. That <laughs> was Frank. like 100 bucks. I need to tell you something, Frank. I also almost bought one for <laughs> Tom. <laughs> I was uh, sitting there watching it thinking, I'm going to Google if I can get that jacket. <laughs> you can. People make it. Nothing, I like the, 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 puffy, the puffy jacket shoulders with the, was it like the crushed velvet uh, a lower bit? Um, all yeah, it I'm looks saying like... is if... Someday, a beautiful person emerges from the bathroom wearing nothing but this jacket. (laughs) (laughs) You marry that person. I have to say that at my library where I uh, used to work during the before times, there is some random patron who I have never discovered who they are, who their um, ringtone is the the calm (laughs) (laughs) noise, and I need to find them. (laughs) Yeah. Because they have this jacket, I assume, if that's their ringtone. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, had yeah. a gentleman who came into uh, my place of employment, and he would always be wearing a um, like a zipper hoodie that looked like an ops uniform, so the gold. And uh, yeah. he was not a cool man. <laughs> no, really? He did not seem like a man who... Uh, I mean, he was there with <clears throat> his, his partner, so that's good. But, like, right. I don't think anyone was happy about it. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember George R. R. Martin guy? From Barnes & Noble? No. Yes. The annoying man who looked exactly like George R. R. Martin? I think so, yeah. He had a replica TNG uniform t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but unlike the two people we were talking about, this man was a loser. Oh. <laughs> As opposed to those uh, men of tasting culture we were referring yes. to now, a moment ago. Now, uh, n- not to jump ahead, uh, but um, Captain Daythom? Daythom. Um, his outfit had um, Fruity <clears throat> Pebbles uh, <laughs> glued to his... To uh... He looked like an adorable little sea mammal. He had the sweetest little yes. eyes underneath his uh, grotesque uh, <laughs> prosthetics. <laughs> so yeah. he looks exactly like the alien from Enemy Mine. Do you remember that movie? Yes. No. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm going to put it in the... Uh, I'll put it in uh, the chat. For those of you at home, that is the uh, one where a Terran space commando <clears throat> and a enemy fighter pilot are marooned on a planet and they slowly grow to befriend one another and eventually become lovers because all of the enemy space aliens are hermaphrodites and the uh, enemy space alien becomes pregnant with the spaceman's baby and uh, I-, I think it dies in childbirth. Ah. <laughs> I think so too. <coughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird fucking movie. Uh so it's Dennis Quaid and I just sent the picture of the alien. It's Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> as the alien. Uh um this we this just... all reminds me Uh this all reminds me. Have you guys seen that uh viral uh song of the little Girl who made up a song, I wonder what's in your butt. I did see that. I yes. wonder what's inside your butthole. I did see that. It's she wonders if there's a astronaut or an alien in there. It's very cute. Anyway. Anyway, this episode of television that we're here to discuss, we are here to discuss Darmok. It is one of the classics of Star Trek the Next Generation. Uh and it is about the Enterprise uh as the episode begins, the Enterprise is heading towards their mission to make contact with the Tamarian race above the planet of Eladred. Uh, and it begins with them discussing the fact that <clears throat> the Federation has tried to contact the Tamarians several times, but found their speech incomprehensible for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I just, I have to say, I've seen this episode a few times over the years, and I, I studied some linguistics in college, and I just got to say, this race is bullshit, and uh, how they managed <laughs> to get space travel is beyond me. <laughs> like, uh, obviously, it's their problem. I mean, like, 
the Federation is made of all these systems, and they're talking with Romulans and Cardassians and Qs and uh, uh, angry uh, aggro incel oil slick monsters that kill Tasha Yar. Uh, Obviously, they're the outlier. What's the common denominator here? You know what I mean? If you look around the room and you don't see the asshole, it's you. If you're like in a galaxy teeming with life and you can't communicate with anyone, it's your problem, space uh, space sea leopard. Uh, it's your fault there, baby beluga. Now, now on, on this viewing, I also... I, I, some of those issues kept popping up into my head, and I would e- easily swap them away because um the central uh uh theme of the episode um is so beautiful and uh, well the central plot is so beautiful and the central uh issue is so pure sci-fi and it's not necessarily i think it's handled wonderfully well but the question it raises uh um uh so many more questions about this uh this uh race of aliens um but this is uh more than in my opinion any episode of star trek the next generation the purest purest science fiction oh yeah um and and i love it for that it's purely about i uh, ideas um and as as the best uh, uh, science fiction, um, it uh, asks questions of ourselves, um, and I find uh, find it very, very beautiful. Uh, yeah, Shut no, the fuck I mean, up, like, Tom. <laughs> Tom, I understand what you're saying, um, but I mean, so not to spoil it, but <clears throat> the Tamarian people communicate through me- what. So in the show, they say they communicate through metaphor, although that's slightly imprecise. It's, it would probably be more correct to say that they communicate through allegory. Yeah, uh, thinking about this episode, I feel like it's almost a warning about meme culture because... Kind of, yeah. Like, if you've ever carried a conversation <laughs> on by sending meme gifts back and forth, uh, that's basically what these people do. Pretty much. Yeah, and and that's why I I find this episode uh so fucking great because it is intensely uh relatable and and it it's you're completely correct. It is um uh does say something about today about about meme culture and it's Jack Nicholson it's one of those things in anger just, management. <laughs> Yeah, and it uh, it gets my brain bubbling, you know, the way great uh, science fiction does. Zach Galifianakis you know? in The Hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So the the Federation uh, meets up with the Tamarians above Eladred, and they start they hail them, and when the Tamarians start communicating, everybody goes. What the fuck? Uh, Patrick Stewart has a great face as soon as they start talking, and the face is, what the fuck are these people saying? (laughs) Jesus Christ, because their universal translator is translating it into English, but 
it's incomprehensible if you don't understand the references that they're making. Mm-hmm. Because they're speaking in references that is unique to their culture. So Patrick Stewart, uh, Jean-Luc Picard is like, ah, oh, fuck, these fucking aliens are going to drive me up a wall, man. So he tries Ter- to talk to them Terrible, regularly. Frank. Terrible. What? The worst you've done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. It can't be the worst I've done. Not the best. Don't be so hard on yourself. That was clearly the worst. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's like, what the fuck, man? These fucking aliens and that crazy speech. Uh, and even Data has this look on his face like, shit, I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. Uh, and the Tamarian captain says, Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. And his first in command disagrees with him. And he says, Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra and he teleports and as soon as he teleports uh oh Picard teleports too and they teleport down to the planet together with the uh Tamarian captain carrying two knives and yeah yeah that's so where we cut we we see uh what's going on on the Tamarian <coughs> bridge uh while this decision is hmm. being made and uh the captain's like Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra and the guy's like blurbity blorp and then uh, the captain's like, Darmok and Jalad. And then he uh, protests again, blorbity blorb. And he says, T-Mock. <laughs> and then he <laughs> sits back down and hangs his head in shame. And, uh, it's so funny. So what is your interpretation of that the same as mine? It basically is just saying shut up, right? Like be quiet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's basically he's he sent him a gif of uh, 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 Jean-Luc saying, shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> I I took it different. I, I took it differently that that Timok was um uh was actually a restaurant that the subordinate shit his pants at once, and, <laughs> and the captain was was bringing that up to shame him. Justin, are you just pulling from your life now? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's okay. Everybody shits their pants in a restaurant. No, Justin at the McDonald's in Berlin. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Picard is on the planet with his cool jacket and the Tamarian captain Dathan, played by the great uh, actor Paul Winfield. That's uh, actually what he first- looks like. That He was born that way. They made the rest of the actors on the ship to match him, but he has a very <laughs> rare uh, uh, genetic condition and... Uh, they really used it here, and uh, it's really good for him. He's a little typecast as uh, an adorable space uh, uh, sea creature, but, uh, you know, in, in this one, it worked out. No, this man played Martin Luther King. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, this is actually Paul Winfield's uh, second foray into Star Trek. He was in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, as Darmok? He was the one... <laughs> no, he was the one captain who gets killed by <clears throat> Khan. Ah, yes, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Um, the, the captain of uh, Chekhov's ship. The moment I start having encyclopedic knowledge of the original series movies, that's when it's no longer I'm a cool intellectual who's kind of like <laughs> ironically a Trekkie, and that's when it's just I'm a fucking Trekkie. <laughs> You're already a fucking Trekkie. You started watching Deep Space Nine. <laughs> And you watch Voyager voluntarily. Once I became a cube, 
I was perfectly content to stay one for hours. So many perfectly parallel rectangles. Is that supposed to be the late, great Rene Aubergenois? It's not supposed to be. It was perfectly. I, as he, <laughs> have uh, shapeshifted into a uh, perfect uh, facility of his featureless face. Um... So anyway, uh, Picard's on the planet with uh, Dathan, the captain, and Dathan, like, hands him the dagger and says, Temba, with his arms wide, and Picard's like, I'm not going to fight you, motherfucker. We don't do that here, man. (laughs) What? Um... I just, it's, it's gotten so loose and so crude. Like you're not making any attempt at any of his, like his like Shakespearean verbosity anymore. You're just sort of like, you're you're turning him into like a, uh, uh, lock, stock and two smoking barrels, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, if you were in that. Oh, Mr. Dathan, let me connect you to, uh, one of our ancestral texts, one of our great myths. Uh, please stop wheezing the juice, buddy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the, yes, Encino Man, one of the, the great ancestral myths of Earth. It's very ancient. <laughs> Brendan Fraser coming out of the ice. Oh, my God. Sean Astin digging a hole in his yard. I, you, you I see, remember too much you, of Encino, man. Yeah, you see, uh, uh, Sean Astin, pool <coughs> in his backyard. Sean Astin <laughs> in the backyard, you see. <laughs> Brendan Fraser emerged from the ice. Brendan Fraser and Sean Astin were victorious. Justin, stop on another we... doobie. <laughs> Justin. God damn yes. it. Get off your phone. <laughs> <coughs> uh, Polly Shore in the 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but no, they cut back to the Enterprise, and they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? They beam down Picard, and they have this weird particle accelerator that won't allow us to beam him back up. Uh, so we have to try to understand what the hell they're saying. And Data's like, yeah, I can do that. And they were like, you know who else could probably do it? The one empath on the fucking ship. (laughs) So they put uh, Data and uh, Troy together. And Troy and uh, uh, Data start doing research, trying to connect, like, what the individual words mean, at least. And they realize that Darmok and Tanagra are from the same mythopoetic uh, uh, piece. Like, they're related. And they connect the fact that they're using imagery to communicate. They say that they're using imagery. Like, common imagery. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that sort of gets to... I mean, just... I mean, if you've seen the episode, you get it. But just, like, plot-wise, uh, for zany space reasons using high technology, uh, the Tamarans? Tanagrans? Tamarans? Uh, they, uh, basically, they just, they set up this, they seem to be kind of technologically comparable to the Federation. Seems like their ships are, uh, 
pretty even. And uh, they basically just set it up where the two captains are down there. Uh, they can't beam them out. They can't communicate. However, they've left it open so that both ships can sort of see what's going on with them. Uh, it's kind of like this, like, uh, you know, two, two mythical beings enter. Hopefully both emerge as friends. But that's not the way it goes. Uh, so they're... they're uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Space Alien and uh, Picard, they try to talk, but Picard keeps thinking that the, he wants to throw down. And he says, no, I will not fight you. It ends here. <laughs> the line not, must be drawn here. <laughs> it's not how we do things in Starfleet. <laughs> Starfleet, which in 30 years, uh, I'm going to become a robot. <laughs> robot Picard going beep, boop, beep, boop. Make that part of your myth. <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working on. I'm working on something here. It's not coming. <laughs> uh, Justin, do you have any thoughts on these scenes? Um. So the 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 B plot of of the episode is everybody on the Enterprise just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yes. And and most of it is kind of them playing catch up with the um active uh learning that Picard is doing on the planet. So it's almost like we're getting the same information twice, but um and it's the B plot is could be seen as unnecessary to like the the central drama of the episode, but what I love about it is you have uh everybody's given the opportunity of being uh their characters to the fullest Worf the entire time just wants to blow up the Let's other blow ship blow these <laughs> fucking people up yeah he he just wants to uh end this now um but the people trying to discover how to communicate are the person who is uh pure logic and the person who is almost pure emotion yeah and I find I find that beautiful, but also they're they're getting there intellectually uh, in understanding it, um, as if they're studying it, which they are. But on the planet, Picard is is living it and actually learning it. You know. Yes. Um, and I think it I think it's <clears throat> beautiful the way the the a plot and the b plot plot um, uh work together in this episode. I was going to say something similar, uh, sort of in the setup to the plot of this episode. Uh, everybody kind of reacts to this enigmatic situation in very characteristic ways. Worf, like you said, mm -hmm. just wanted to get there shooting. Uh, you know, uh, Picard, for his part, uh, was intrigued and, and excited about the challenge, and he said something off, and I find communication is simply a matter of patience and uh, understanding. I forget the rest of the line. Uh, but patience and understanding is a hallmark of our race. In Starfleet! Uh, and, uh, and so, so everybody's kind of being their normal, like, stereotypical character you know uh uh jordy is fixing an impossible problem with an impossible deadline uh crusher is just kind of there and mute for the entire episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she gets a couple lines does she she gets a couple no. i just remember her nodding. i don't 
Yeah. Most importantly, uh, the person being themselves the most is um, a young Ashley Judd. Yeah. Yes, Ashley Judd. And I think it's not her first on-screen role, but it's, it's really early. Yeah. I, I remember when I first saw it, I found it very odd because they do a very dramatic um, push-in on her. And I thought, oh, oh, be- this is because it's Ashley Judd, like uh, a new, uh, probably going to be like a new Ensign Row type character, you know, and they're, and they know what they're doing. And then I look it up. Nope. She's basically a featured extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has no role. She's in it for two this seconds. This is Doesn't she- way before <laughs> she became anything. She gets iced later on, doesn't she? They, like, send her on a dangerous th- mission, and she dies. Yeah, and she has a romance, a slight romance with Wesley. That's right. And it's That's like, right. yeah, yeah, good yeah, yeah. fucking luck, Will Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, Is that the episode with the, the addictic, uh, addictive game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody gets addicted to Candy Crush. Jesus Everybody Christ. gets addicted to VR porn and doesn't leave their quarters. <laughs> so we we have so far we have and will for the next. Everybody dies of- from dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what's happening we right have, now, Justin. <laughs> we have so far, and we'll continue to only talk about good episodes of this show for a little while. But this show has a wealth of very stupid episodes that we could have a lot of fun with. Oh, some of my favorite episodes are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like we've already talked about uh, a fistful of datas on a previous um, iteration of this show. And uh, that was actually, so that episode, by the way, written by Brandon Braga. One, was it? Yeah. One of the main writer producer guys on the show. Um, I have a fun fact about Brandon Braga that I'm saving for the end of the episode. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the, the plot of the, sh- of this episode both sets of people are learning two different things at, or the same thing at two different paces. Picard is learning much more quickly and accurately by doing, and everybody in the enterprise is just sort of getting there slowly by putting their heads together. Um, and it kind of, it makes Picard really what he is, which is the smartest fucking guy in the room, even when there's a robot. Yeah. Because he yeah. Had, he's innately empathetic and clever and and um uh he has a um an equal in the captain and captain daytham uh yeah i i i think uh besides picard uh honestly in the entire series uh daytham stands up to me as one of one of the standout captains um in star trek yeah he's a great character yeah, we'll we'll get to it as we go through, but and uh, he, he, just a, a quick nerdy note, a different kind of nerdy, uh, which is uh, sort of that experience of the parallel uh, camps trying to learn a language, and one of them excelling, and the other one kind of slogging along slowly, uh, kind of relates to a real life uh, sort of uh, concept in language acquisition. Uh, which may have been coming to prominence at that time period, so maybe it's not a coincidence, but uh, uh, the concept of uh, contra- comprehensible input in language acquisition, where, uh, uh, and it's been, you know, put it into YouTube, you'll see, you know, a million examples, where uh, it is very possible 
Uh, in fact, you know, it's how it's speculated how children learn languages that uh, with only the words for yes and no, if you sit down with a native speaker of a language and, uh, you know, a pen and paper to draw on, to draw little pictures, uh, and then just start very slowly and talking slowly and working your way through basic concepts, you know, uh, trying to get across information with lots of gesticulation and things like that, um, pantomiming. Uh, th that's a totally legitimate way to become completely fluent in a language. Uh, and I just thought that was a really uh, awesome demonstration of this concept. I'm, you know, I don't know if that was... Uh, at all in their mind thinking about this but it would stand to reason because i'm sure the kind of nerds who have to you know think about warp drives also you know think about other uh things like language learning which is a big part of uh star trek uh so uh, uh so night falls and uh yes uh the card is hilariously understand. fucking up making a fire uh, he's trying to rub sticks together to make a fire, and Dathan says, Chaco, when the walls fell, and laughs at him, and he's like, fuck you, man. What the fuck does that mean, Chaco, when the walls fell? And Dathan, uh, Dathan hands him a torch and says, Temba, his arms wide, and he clicks. By Temba, his arms wide, it means you're giving me something, and I am receiving it. And he takes the torch. It's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, he gets his fire going. And when I'm, it was is very <laughs> telling because in in uh, Picard's mind, he thinks they've been sent down there for some. He thinks as Warp thinks that they've been sent down there for some sort of violent competition. So he's very uh suspicious, and he keeps his distance. Uh, and then this fire is the first gesture of goodwill. And he wakes up in the morning. And he can't find the guy, and he says, uh, where are you, my friend? Uh, you know, he, he's already a friend in, in Picard's mind, which, uh, I think just goes to show the kind of person Picard is. Yeah, this, this is, I mean, we chose this because it's a great, great Picard episode. It highlights pretty much all of the best aspects of the character. Including his awesome torso that we get to see a lot of. <laughs> Yes, we do. I was watching this earlier today, and my uh, fiance remarked that Patrick Stewart is looking really sexy in this episode. Mm -hmm. He's a damn He's sexy good. man. He's a damn sexy man. <laughs> he right, said, Justin? He said loudly into nothingness. Um, yeah. <coughs> so, so enter, enter the beast of Tanagra, or the metaphorical one. So, do you think this invisible electromagnetic monster is sick of the Tamarans bringing all their fucking Tinder dates to this planet to fuck, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, you, I have a theory that he wasn't evil and didn't want to kill anybody, but this keeps happening and he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they don't know anything about this monster, and notice how he doesn't, like, eat the guy when he attacks him. He just kind of, like, roughs him up, you know what I mean? He beats the shit out of him. They're fucking stabbing them and shit. <laughs> they don't know anything. What happened to the Prime Directive with this energy monster? Why isn't he like, Halt, I am in peace, energy monster. Uh, can you help me escape this planet with your ability to become invisible? But no. Uh, yeah. Now, did you guys... Uh, so what do we think of the energy monster's costume? Because 
they clearly made him turn in and out of being invisible because that costume looks like shit. Um, I think <laughs> I think I was watching this on Amazon Prime, which is the HD version. Um, I think a lot of things in this episode, in particular, <clears throat> I assume looked a lot better when not in HD. Oh, yeah. Um, including Captain Dead Thumb's uh, costume, which has uh, uh, fruity pebbles uh, glued to its <laughs> back. Um, and I, I dug the monster, and I dug the effect. Um, but it, I, I, pre- I appreciated it. I appreciated it because I think all of the alien uh, shit in this episode, um. Was like new for this episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we never like go back we to we it. haven't we never go back to it, and so it's it wasn't like here's a new alien uh, creature <clears throat> that has some more forehead bullshit. <laughs> you know, no, no, like this is all very alien, uh, which I think is very important to the to the uh, the the message of the episode. Um, but I I dug the little uh, flickering rock monster (laughs) yeah he looks like and it makes sense because it's from the same time period he looks like something that would be in the late 80s on doctor who when they had a little bit of a better budget but not by much um so the the flicker play the classic uh quarter arcade game area 51 Yes. yes he looks like a monster from area 51 he does um, so the monster beats the ever-loving shit out of Dathan, like really beats him up. And at the same time as he's beating him up, the Picard realizes, oh, I have to stab him with this dagger. And right as he's about to save Dathan from getting beat up, the Enterprise whoopsie doodle tries to, uh, transport him up so he can't do anything. And he, like, they're just letting Dathan get beaten to death. Yeah, it's kind of an aha moment before that where uh, basically uh, the other guy, Dathan, is like trying to explain to Picard that they're going to do a pincer movement on this thing. They're going to they're gonna have the guy yes. go in between them and then they're going to come in and stab him together. That's the whole bonding experience is murdering this invisible space monster together <laughs> yeah. uh, and then getting rid of the body. And then they're forever uh, conjoined by this secret that they have to keep and that haunts them until they But uh, uh, they fuck it up, and they start beaming him, up, beaming, him up, beaming him out. And by the way, you can't tell me that you don't die when you're beamed after what was happening with Picard, because he's just frozen in that moment, half Dude, in his, like a million different fucking places. You know what I mean? His like, atoms would be all over the fucking place. Uh, um, uh, Colin Meany's like, I've only got part of them. I don't have all of them. What the fuck does that mean? That can't be good. What is that? Yeah, that sounds terrifying. So my organs are in one place and my skin is in another. Is that what you're saying? Like on the on the pad in uh, the transporter room, do you think it was just like his left leg and his dong and his like one lung, <laughs> you know? And there's just goop coming out of him. His his intestines start falling onto the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going, going to offend Colmini and the great people of Ireland by saying, Ah, I can't get any more of him, Captain! Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is in uh, rare form with his impressions tonight. <laughs> yeah. I apologize, Colmini. You're a wonderful actor. 
Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, Picard gets transported back because they can't break the Tamarian like beam fucker up technology, and uh, he realizes, oh shit, this guy who was trying to be my friend is now dying. <laughs> and the guy says, Shaka, and Picard says, when the walls fell. Shaka, brother. Shaka, indeed. Yep. <laughs> um. So we go back to the Enterprise, and we're like, well, that happened. That sucked. Uh, and they're monitoring the life forms on the planet, and they realize that Picard is fine, but that Dathan's life forms are fluctuating and that he's been injured. <clears throat> and they realize that their only hope is to break the, whatever beam technology the Tamarians are using. So they theorize that if they shoot at it, uh, and that's, yes, Area 51. Um, if they shoot at it, basically, uh, they'll blow it up enough so that they could just beam Picard back up and then Vamoose out of there as quickly as possible. Which uh, even Worf is like, yeah, that sounds kind of dumb. Riker, this, this sounds kind of stupid. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now, now do me. <laughs> I'm Justin. I, I'm rolling a joint and smoking it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Totora. Your impressions are all the same. It's slowly just <laughs> turning back into your Picard. <laughs> Hello, I, I'm from New Jersey. Don't stop him. He's finding his way back. He's remembering. <laughs> um. So we cut back to the planet, and it's nighttime again, and Dathan is all screwed up. He's clearly dying. He's like, Shaka, <laughs> uh, brother. Uh, my children, their eyes wet because they're crying because Shaka, man. Shaka, yeah. indeed. And uh, Picard is like, yeah, this, this sucks. I don't know what to do because I can barely talk to you. But he realizes that they communicate through metaphor. Uh, and he's like, so how can I communicate to him through metaphor like what is they they realize that the metaphors they're using are from their myth so picard is like tell me more of your myths tell me the story and that way i can understand what you were trying to do here because if i understand the story you're referencing i understand what we want to do so he explains that darmok and jalad were two people who came to tanagra separately killed the beast at Tanagra, and then left together with a new understanding, which is what the Tamarians wanted to do with Picard. Gain the understanding through a trial, through through a difficult circumstance. A actually, Displayed actually, Frank, I, I was reading up on the Tamaran mythology. Um, uh, uh, you know, Darmok and Tanagra, or Darmok and Jalan on the ocean meant they left together, like, together, together. Actually, oh. he, he was just lonely. He was he was oh, look, okay. he was looking for love, and yeah. uh, so they sent the message he just, out. He just wanted to fuck very sexy uh, Patrick Stewart. Damn sexy! And I, I um damn sexy man. <laughs> um, so he realizes, oh, like I get it now. I get you're referencing something, and it's it's you form your language through common like the common ground of your myth. And he said, like, what's a foundational myth for Earth? And he said, and he realizes, oh, it's the Epic of Gilgamesh. And you're clearly fucking dying. So the last thing uh, you're ever going to hear in your life is Patrick Stewart sonorously reciting the Epic of Gilgamesh to you 
I want to go out like that. <laughs> I laughed out loud because before he starts telling the epic, he said, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not much of a storyteller. I'm not and much I'm like, of a storyteller. Let's see if I remember it. <laughs> and then he does the whole thing from memory. And it's brilliant. Yeah. He even made sound effects like C-3PO in, uh, in Empire <laughs> talking to the Ewoks. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, he, he recites the, the myth of the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, which is also about two men who uh, join together to slay a beast together. And Enkidu, the wild man of the forest, who befriends the asshole king Gilgamesh, also is killed by the beast. He dies, and it causes Gilgamesh great grief. And as he relates that Gilgamesh experiences great grief from the death of his friend Enkidu, Dathan slowly and very peacefully passes away. Whatever. <laughs> Get her a microphone. No. <laughs> you're you're out, Frank. Your impressions are terrible now. <laughs> no. Um we're going back to, down to the farm team. You're going to go to our uh, minor league affiliate in uh, Baltimore where they review Babylon 5. <laughs> I'm going to be on the Camden River Sharks of uh, sci-fi review podcasts. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Everybody remember the Camden River Sharks? I do. They blew up the fucking stadium, too. It's just a fucking yeah. lot now. That was pointless. It's literally just an empty lot, yeah. Um... But anyway, uh, uh, Dathan is dead, and Picard's like, well, now I'm just going to die because I don't have the two daggers and the Enterprise can't get me. This sucks. <laughs> by, by the way, the fucking uh, Tomarians were just going to let uh, the, the Let space... their captain die? They're, they let their captain die, and now they're going to let Picard die. Like, fucking come on, guys. Assholes. Are you, like, they... are they not watching? Like, what? They had to hack and they had to, you know, fuck up this Marion vessel to, to, to beam them out. Just in the nick of time, I might add. Uh, Which what? is what happens. These assholes. These fucking yeah, and assholes. Yeah, and they clearly weren't watching because they don't hop to attention until they get fired on. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Broderick, behind the wheel in Ireland. <laughs> Matthew Broderick behind the wheel in Ireland. Matthew Broderick, uh, criminal charges never filed. Laura Bush. <laughs> Laura, uh, uh, Jennifer Grey, also criminal charges never filed. She was the passenger, you know. <laughs> that's that's not part of the uh, Tamarian uh, speech cadence. They don't... <laughs> They don't throw in little uh, little elbow jabs. Ah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Uh, hey, hey, Dathan, uh, do you have a, a, a metaphorical thing for sex? May I suggest Picard hitting the back walls? <laughs> Picard when the back walls fell. Uh, now I'm you doing know, your Dathan, impression. <laughs> you know, Dathan, I'm a legendary swordsman in more ways than one. <laughs> Brando in Last Tango in Paris. In Paris. Um, so they start firing on the Temerian vessel, and the Temerian vessel apparently has great firepower because they almost blow up the Enterprise. 
Yeah, they fuck him up. Yeah, and they beam on Picard just as things are getting heated, and Picard says famously, Hail the Tamarian vessel. <laughs> With his shirt, but might I just add, uh, uh, this was, I, I know it's a theme this episode, but this was like the sexiest Picard. He's like all dirty and sweaty, his shirt's ripped open, and his weird middle-aged man abs are hanging out. And he just walks in and he takes charge while everybody's like panicking, like, oh no, we're gonna die. He's just like, hell the vessel. Uh, and I'm not gonna do my impression. I feel like we should drop the audio. Because it's so good. Nah. No? Okay. Uh, he says, Tamak, the river Tamak, in winter, which means shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck Because the captain starts saying, uh, his face black, his eyes red. Uh, which mean, I guess means I'm pissed off. That's, that's what I was like, uh, basically uh, interpreting from it, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel like Is I'm pissed off and I'm all angry. Um, and then he says, the first officer says, Darmok? And Picard says, Angelad at Tanagra. Darmok and Jalad on the ocean. The beast of Tanagra? Uzani, his army. Shaka, when the walls fail. And they're sad. And they're immediately like, Oh shit, our captain's dead. We probably didn't have to do this at all, right? Like, kill the captain of our ship to make a point? They could have done this on the holodeck, just saying. Right! Uh, so they vamoose out of there, and they, after Picard gives him, uh, gives them Dathan's diary, and they let Picard keep the dagger. By the way, uh, so it's this thing where it seems uh, that with new experiences, they add these uh, uh, naming pairs to their uh, to their mythos. And uh, the guy, yes. the first officer is like, Picard. And <laughs> Picard. And, yeah, because he speaks like Patrick Stewart as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you know, at and see no man or whatever it was, uh, <laughs> meaning and. Uh, uh, when you open up the book, it's just a bunch of scribbles and lines connecting things. It looks like Charlie Day's book and It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> it it's does. dream book. Uh, it's, just, um, it's just hot nonsense. It's the scribblings of a madman is what it is. And then Picard is in his ready room, and like a fucking nerd, he's reading Homeric poems in ancient Greek. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> what a fucking... And, and Riker sees it and he goes, huh, ancient Greek? Like, yes, number like, one. I studied it in high school, didn't you? He said, no, I had sex. <laughs> no, I was too busy having sex. <laughs> um, And then the episode ends with Picard uh, uh, holding the dagger and he does the little Tamarian, like, death salute in the window and it's over. And which which that that moment I love so much and it's a wonderful piece of acting because we often have uh episodes uh about Picard ending with um an item that he acquired uh throughout the episode that means something to him. Uh his his flute, uh uh whatever. But in this, he does the gesture 
that he saw the Temerians do. Yes. Right? And it obviously means nothing to him. Like, the physical action, he doesn't have the spiritual feeling that they do. But it's a moment of, an early moment of understanding, of getting there. Yes. The episode doesn't end with, um, you know, I understand you now. You know, he, he learned something. It, it ends with, um, with a possibility of, of a, a, a peaceful relationship between these two uh, groups. And I, I love it for that. I yeah. love it for that. There's a, it's amazing. There's a, uh, once they close the channel and they decide to go their own way, somebody asks, maybe this is one of the lines that Crusher has in the episode. She says, uh, a new friend? And he goes, I don't know, but I know they are not enemies. Uh, and also, there's another speech uh, at the end before he does his little knife salute uh, that he has with Riker, and it's not about getting laid in high school. Instead, he uh, showers some praise and affection onto the Tamarian captain. Uh, and that was... He he was very moved by his willingness uh, to die. That 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 he he placed understanding above all else, uh, and uh, he you know was clearly moved by uh, the guy's dedication to uh, peaceful understanding. Yeah. No. It's. it's- <laughs> It's an awesome episode of television and it's one of those things where it's it's tailor made to show everything that is great about the character of Picard. Yeah. He's intelligent, he's empathetic, he seeks solutions not through violence but through a mutual understanding even when he doesn't know that that's what his uh uh, uh partner in this episode also wants. He sort of intuitively trusts it at some point and realizes that the best thing that he can do is share his own sort of myth, uh, 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 cultural myth with this person. So, so after this resolved and <clears throat> Starfleet sent like a, like a diplomatic mm-hmm. vessel to like work out a common lexicon with the uh, Tamarans, do you think they just gave them seasons one through eight of The Simpsons for, uh, <laughs> for just a series of references uh, they could make? Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. No, not Lenny. <laughs> um, nothing Homa- at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. Homer in his moo driving to the nuclear power plant. Homer at Springfield Gorge. <laughs> Homer at the chili cook-off. Eating the insanity pepper. Uh, what a great, um, do you want to make a Simpsons podcast? <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the Simpsons? <clears throat> I rewatched Marge versus the Monorail recently. Totally holds up. The Monorail episode? Yeah, Monorail episode. Totally holds up. Of course it does. That's oh yeah. Oh man. I'm just saying. All right. Um. Just saying, holds up. Uh, so, what do we think about this episode? Do we even need to give it a rating? Yeah, it sucked. I yes, one hundred percent. It was boring. Um, <laughs> there was no action. 
this this is um one of my favorite episodes. It's absolutely in the top five. It is. Oh yeah. It is everything that is the promise of Star Trek: The Next Generation. It is them going on a mission <clears throat> of of understanding and uh, discovering strange new worlds. Um. So if I had to give it a rating, I would give it um. Uh, Malcolm McDowell at the CPK. <laughs> Malcolm. <laughs> they used to get they, uh, for reference people. Uh, these guys used to get mad at me when I referenced um Malcolm McDowell's love for the California Pizza Kitchen. Uh, but no, if I'm going to use the Tamarian uh uh language convention, <laughs> I guess it would be um. The monorail episode of The Simpsons, I call the big one bitey. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. A plus. Amazing episode. Tom? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's for me, it's it's not in uh, it's not in my super short list of, of favorite episodes. You know what I mean? But at the same time, no, it's it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> I like it very much. Um, I I like it very much. Does everybody remember that Mystery Science Theater three thousand uh, episode? No, I was gonna try and burn you like my Will Riker joke earlier, but it wouldn't <laughs> have been true. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have been accurate. <laughs> um, um, and 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 it is one of one of the greatest performances of a guest actor on the show. And he's under heavy prosthetics, and he's saying nonsense. Yes, and it's still one of the best performances. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, Paul Winfield was an amazing actor, um, and he was awesome in this. Uh, for like you said, Justin, just spouting nonsense, but he he has this innate understanding of what the nonsense metaphors are supposed to mean. So he's still mm-hmm. communicating what it means through his acting. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is awesome. But yeah, Darmok, one of the best uh, Star Trek episodes ever. Uh, and before we wrap up and tell everybody what we're doing next week, I have something. Uh, uh-huh. So yes. two of the main forces of this era of Star Trek are Ronald D. Moore, who would go on to do Battlestar Galactica and... Um, that uh sex show in scotland highlander i think it's called yeah outlander (laughs) okay um i was gonna say i have a completely different understanding of highlander (laughs) oh yeah highlander jesus christ why did they say highlander (laughs) no not the film series it's christopher lambert there there can be only one one. (laughs) now (laughs) <laughs> there can only be one. That was I had... <laughs> I had the cure for cancer, but I lost it. You know, like you lose your keys. <laughs> all right, all right, moving Shaking, on. Shaking, not. They send one of us to the hospital, we send one of theirs to the morgue. I just wanted you to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Wallace wrote that paper. You're the man now, dog. 
so, <laughs> so the two main forces in Star Trek at this point, uh, from TNG to Deep Space Nine to um, Voyager, were Ronald D. Moore and uh, his sort of uh, writing and producing sort of partner-ish, Brandon Braga. And Brandon Braga wrote most of the shitty TNG movies and a lot of shitty episodes of TNG, um, one of which was A Fistful of Datas. But Brandon Braga is also an interesting person because uh, here's an excerpt that I found when I was just researching Star Trek stuff. Uh, So there was a book, An Oral History of the Next Generation, called Future Perfect, How Star Trek Conquered Planet Earth by Jeff Greenwald. And now I want to track this book down uh, because they talk to Brandon Braga at his house when he is, like, doing a swinging party, like he's having sex parties. (laughs) And uh, this is is an expert excerpt uh, from this portion of this book about TNG uh, with this quote from Mr. Brandon Braga. So, look, Braga says, I'm just an adventurous, experimental person who's striving to live out whatever fantasies I might have. I'm not into bondage and S&M. I'm not into voyeurism in the traditional sense of the word. I am something of an amateur gynecologist. I've been known to utilize a speculum now and again. The (laughs) The female body as a functional instrument obsesses me. If I were on the Enterprise's holodeck, he grins, eyes glazing. My greatest fantasy is to be with that 50-foot woman from those schmaltzy 1950s sci-fi films. That would be the ultimate. To actually crawl up into a vagina. Emphasis original. Um, what was that in response? <laughs> they, were as- they were asking about his sex life, apparently. Because he was well, having like... <laughs> What do, you, what do you do on the weekends? <laughs> and uh, so I feel like that's a good foundation for when we do Barclay episodes because Barclay is just him. Yeah. I just, you can't convince me. Just look at Brent Spiner's face <laughs> and tell me he wasn't at those parties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, Patrick Stewart ever was? Well, I believe he was a swinging bachelor at the time. <laughs> uh, uh, Frakes was definitely at those parties, right, Jonathan Frakes? Just imagine Jonathan Frakes answering the door in a, in a woman's bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks pretty good on me. Um, and then, but then giving you yeah. the Frakes smile. <laughs> Say, you're just in time. <laughs> Yeah, when when we eventually do the Barclay episodes, I feel like that's the Rosetta Stone to Barclay. Yeah. By the way, what I just described is what you're going to see when you uh when you close your eyes and make the journey to Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, next week, uh the episode we're doing is Does anyone remember what it is cuz I do? No. Sarek? It's Sarek. We're doing Sarek. Baby, yeah, this is. I a- saw you crying, you little bitch. <laughs> no, it wasn't I just a little. Do love you. Uh, I picture there's gonna be a clip from Sarek that's gonna go back up onto some things that made me cry. I don't. Was that clip ever on your your? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
One of the best episodes ever, uh, featuring uh, Mark Leonard in his return to Star Trek as Sarek, who he played on the original series. Uh, so tune in for that next week. Cool. Dun, in the dun, meantime, dun. ladies and gentlemen, Shaka, when the walls fail. <laughs> hey! Tomahawk, his arms wide open. With arms wide open. Hey, it's Locutus. Yeah.